0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Built By. This week, super excited. I've got David Pollard on the podcast, who is the co-founder at LivCo, which is a full service design builder and remodeler based in Chicago. David, thanks so much for joining, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, so um, I wanna dive in. I always start every podcast with I wanna dive in, but uh, you have a really interesting kind of story getting into um, the industry. Um, you started as an architect, which is um, a little bit out of the norm for, I guess, a co-founder at a remodeling company, but I'd love to hear how um, you got into uh, starting Livco and how that architecture kind of played a, a role there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the path started when I was very young and I loved houses. And I loved drawing houses and I always wanted to be you know, involved in, in housing in one way or another. And Uh, you know, like second grade, I was drawing floor plans at school, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the path to getting there was becoming an architect. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then I went to architecture school at Virginia Tech, absolutely loved it. Um, It was definitely reinforced. that that's what I wanted to do and what I wanted to, um, you know, be. Um, Then I think I entered entered the real world I moved to Chicago and um, worked for some firms in Chicago. And I think that, that vision of that architect designing a house uh, wasn't really so prevalent in you know large architecture firms. It's a little bit right. different. Um, not that I didn't enjoy doing that, but I think my my mission in life was always to get back to housing in one way or another. Um, I think I've always or previously always felt like the way to actually do that was being a home builder or being being a developer. Mm-hmm. Um, But I took kind of a a backwards path through graduate school, um, trying to see if technology could maybe allow architects to get more involved in in the housing industry in a major way. Um, And through that, I ended up working for a a single family uh, housing developer where I met uh, Russ, my now business partner. So he's the director of construction, um, or he was the director of construction there and I was the director of design. And then uh, we spun off and started LivCo kind of recognizing an architect and a builder working together could actually be a really valuable thing in our industry. Um, that started with uh, actually doing foreclosure rehab work. Um, yeah. There was a lot of single family houses being purchased by institutional buyers. We said, hey, we're sophisticated, we're really good problem solvers, so let's figure out how we can you know, rehab houses really quickly and efficiently um, and do them in a quality way. So I don't think that we really set out to necessarily become a remodeling company, um, or you know, early in my life to say, "Hey, I want to remodel houses," because I don't think it's usually perceived as you know the, the top tier of the professional world. But as we started getting into it, we realized that it needs um, professional, you know, players really trying to deliver quality projects in a transparent and trustworthy way. Um, and that there was a need for uh, good design in it as well. So, yeah. so we saw a pretty big opening to be able to do that. And I think it happened somewhat organically where you start doing projects for yourself and then friends and family, you start to build a portfolio, and then um, you start to hone your processes. You start to hire people, start to build out a really, really, you know, uh, chugging along operation that's keeping clients satisfied and building really cool stuff. Yeah, so it takes about eight years to get there if we are there yet, but um, <laughs> that, that's kind of the progression in a, in a nutshell.
0: That's awesome, man. Um, you know, you think about architecture and, and, and building a house, designing the house, and it all starts with the foundation. So when you started this company with, um, I believe you said Russ was your business partner. Um, when you and Russ started, what was your mentality there? Um, how did you kind of envision building the company? I think you're up to 10 people now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that always changes. So one of the differences between building a house and building, um, you know, a company is is time. So I don't think we and money. Like I don't know that we had the luxury to plan out what we wanted to be eight years ago and be able to, um, you know, put the money together like Tesla and build out a battery factory without any money to cover it and take on a bunch of that. Like we weren't really in the position to do that, nor do we really know. You know have proof of concept if people were you know willing to seek out you know premium contracting services mm. and, and good design. Um so I think it's our foundation I think it sounds kind of silly but looking back I think it was really valuable. Um one of the first things we did was get really cool business cards and we got right. shirts with our logo on it, right? Yes yeah, so, perfect. so <laughs> from a marketing perspective I think that we we were professional people and we wanted to build um, the way that we presented ourselves in a sophisticated way. Um, That was our our first foundation. With that, I think we did a really good job of building out um, overall systems, everything from project folder naming systems to how we worked, Um, we were able to work remotely and using um, cloud servers and things like that. So we're, mm-hmm. we kind of had a really good foundation from that standpoint. Um, and then I think we, we, we kind of built it as we went, depending on where where, where the market took us. Right. Um, and then, then once we really, really locked into what we wanted to do and what our kind of highest value, our highest and best use, that's when we really set out to build up a plan where you start to set up your revenue goals, what it's gonna take manpower wise to achieve that. And really get more sophisticated with the business plan. Probably did that maybe four years ago, and that's really the plan that we're executing now.
0: Interesting. I it, you mentioned in the beginning about you know building that brand and that identity, um, and I think that is something when you go to your website, Livco, um, is it? It's Livco.com is the website.
1: Actually, livedcompanies.com. Livecompanies.com live, co. is like a pharmaceutical company or something.
0: So gotcha, gotcha. Uh, livecompanies.com. You know, you go there and you see a very well-designed brand, and it lends itself. You have to be well-designed and you have to look good to the customer from the very first moment they see you, right? Um, so it sounds like that was a big focus for you was was making sure your brand was as you know beautifully made as your designs and stuff
1: yeah i mean it's it's really easy in what we do for that to parallel right so if Mm -hmm. i'm talking about i'm going to make your house awesome but my logo is like you know a cartoon hammer (laughs) that doesn't really necessarily align right so right yeah I i think it was pretty easy and then you know coming from a design background i love houses but i love design so no matter what everything that we would look at it probably makes it take a lot longer because we overthink it but, yeah. you know, making that first logo or coming up with that, you know, first business card concept, I think we we took the same care with all of those things that we do in designing and building people's houses. So it's it's, it's easy because it aligns, right?
0: Right. Interesting. Um, you know, there, there's probably hundreds of lessons that you've learned just within, you know, the time you've been working at live companies, but, um, you know, being a co-founder for uh, a a very trendy, very successful company. Um, what is a lesson or two do you think that you've learned that you've kind of applied to, you know, as you're growing this
1: company? Oh man. Yes. There are, (laughs) there are a lot of lessons. I think if I could do it all over again, I would do more marketing earlier. I think that is, and you're in marketing, so you already know this, but yeah, of it's, course. <laughs> never, it's one of those things that is just such a big dollar amount and so scary, but really so crucial to being able to grow. Um, and we, we've we never just kind of said, Hey, let's hire someone to just give us the whole marketing package. We've, we've kind of done it strategically. So I think it started with brand development. Um, mm-hmm. And then that allowed us to budget for a piece that was really our foundational. Um, who we are and we hired you know a high-end chicago design firm to do that to have them analyze us just like we asked our clients to let us analyze them um, and so we started with that and then we would kind of build out other pieces from the website to everything else i think going back um, I-, I would like to have done more of that earlier because it takes a little while to reap the rewards of that um, so i mean that's that's one of the one of my biggest kind of simple tactical lessons. Um, yeah, I think the the biggest lesson of being an entrepreneur is um, you have to really want to do it because it is a lot. Um, I think when I used to work for bosses and their bosses' bosses, I think I was always probably a little bit critical of what they were doing um, mm-hmm. in certain ways, and I'd feel like I could do it better, um, and then as soon as you start your own business, you still have the same challenges, but you don't have anybody else to blame except yourself. <laughs> so that, that's kind of a, a hard learned lesson. I think going in going into it with a business partner was huge. I think it makes it a lot more manageable. I think it's good to kind of share in those successes and those uh, failures to try and get better. So, I mean, those are, those are just a few of the, yes, hundreds for sure.
0: Yeah, no, those are great. And I want to go back and touch on, you know, you, you talked about that marketing and big lesson was investing in marketing early. Um, it's kind of interesting. We were talking the other day about how um, Livco, how you've set up your marketing team. So you have 10 employees and um, I believe you said it was a, a reference to a book called Duct Tape Marketing. So you have these, I guess, squads or kind of little little councils that um, you pull, Different employees into so you you kind of head up the marketing and it's it's three people from various aspects of that company of, of Livco, right
1: yeah yeah and that was you know we could do a separate subject which is you know silver linings of COVID 19 um, yeah. so we we had some downtime that happened you know between April and and, and June um, we were still we were still busy we kept all of our staff on we had you know government support. But we knew that we were going to have a little bit of downtime from regular production. So we were in the position to um, say, well, let's use the time to get better. Mm-hmm. So we created task forces is what we call them. So we, we sent out a survey to everyone. I think we had seven different ones. Everything from you know design production to charitable giving to sales marketing. So everyone had to rank the seven, one through seven, and then we would determine who was on which one. Nobody put sales and marketing as number one. <laughs> of it's kind of funny. And the guy who we thought really liked it made it number seven. So <laughs> sometimes you just have to kind of ask people um, yeah. what they actually enjoyed doing. So, um, so we started that really to just get better during that time, but we keep our, our marketing um, task force or committee going and we, we meet every week um it's me and three people Um, the three employees they actually lay out the um social media posts for the for each week so they individually do it and then we kind of review those and laugh about how crazy some of them are Um, (laughs) and then we we talk about other big picture items like one person's leading the effort to excuse me to get uh staff bios so we can get that onto our website we um, talk about website review, just a lot of general things, and then we, you know, set goals, and it, it's really helped a lot and gotten, you know, a lot off my shoulders. And also, um, I think it makes our our marketing more well rounded instead of it just be what Dave thinks. It's yeah, really the company shapes it. Yeah, absolutely. Um- you know, when you
0: look at this team, and it sounds like you know, with social media posts, and you're probably tracking website visitors and stuff. And you mentioned that you're setting goals. What what do you view as success for your marketing team? Is it leads generated? Is it revenue? Is it website hits?
1: Um, I mean, definitely leads. So leads is a really clear metric for us, because obviously, for us to do work, we need leads. Right. Um, you know, qualified leads is a part of that. I think when uh, the pandemic started, our entire marketing strategy shifted to, I don't know if anybody's gonna buy anything, but I want everybody to know about us. So there was, you know, 100% brand awareness. So I am a competitive person. I get really excited about web traffic. Um, I know that it's not 100% quality, but when I pull up Google analytics and see that web traffic is up 30%, which it has been like month over month over month, makes me makes me really excited that whatever we're doing is at least making people interested Yeah. Um, you know on on social media again like i'm competitive i don't know if it means that much but i want more followers (laughs) (laughs) i'm like why don't we do really cool stuff why isn't everybody following us why do i only have (laughs) 1500 why can't i get to ten thousand? so when i do a story they can swipe up and it takes them to a link right yeah right exactly Um, so And I guess that's that's all just probably self-righteousness and competitiveness. But I think it does speak to just an overall brand awareness strategy, um, which in our space and remodeling is pretty small. Um, People really focused on that. And in small architecture firms, it's non-existent. Really? So, I mean, if, if I were to open up just an architecture firm today, all I would do is just put together a great, you know, marketing foundation and you could beat everybody because- Yeah, that, that industry is so, um, for the most part, is really, really cautious. I don't know if it's cautious or just really, they'll always say that, well, you know, I'm I'm based off of referrals. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Um, you know, I was looking at the website and the brand awareness is a huge piece, especially when you're competing with, with local companies. And if somebody thinks of your name first, that's... You know that's a win. Um, not even on that, but also on the the when you're hiring side. Um, yeah, you know, Looking good for employees. So that's really awesome, man. Good to track that stuff. Um, I was taking a look at your website, and you have a really you have a couple of really interesting things that I've I've never seen before in terms of you know content that you give. Um, you know, it was a coloring book, and then you have you know printable foldable uh, you know, modular homes. It, it's really cool stuff, and. Where it made me think, you know, what are some of the, the coolest things that you've maybe you've done or your team has done that um, you look back on and you're like, yeah, that's that was you know, awesome.
1: Yeah, um, we definitely have some some intriguing things. So to back up on that a little bit, when, whenever we or I'm in coming up with this stuff, I think back to our core value uh, brainstorming session that we had amongst our employees. So Russ and I kind of established what we felt our core values were, and we wanted to hear from everybody else what they thought. And I'll I'll never forget Sarah saying uh, "quirky." I was like, "quirky? <laughs> what does that mean?" <laughs> She's like, "You know, we're a little bit quirky." I'm like, we are a little bit quirky, um, and I think what we try and do on our on our brand front is really pretty shiny. And I think what we try and do on more of our we're I don't know what you call it you know regular content or live content that comes out every day is to show a little bit more of our personalities right. which is quirky um like we do an hba fundraiser every year with uh it's a kentucky derby theme and christopher works for us like makes this crazy wooden horse head thing that he carves out you know it's, it's cool you know it's it's quirky not a whole lot of people carve wood into a horse head like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, when, when COVID and the shutdown happened, um, I think I was at home with my kids and trying to think about, you know, what can I do for them that I would do if I was a, a kid or come up with things. So we started the coloring book pages. So we have 3d models of every project we've ever designed. So we convert those to coloring sheets. You know, we already have the content, we just had to convert it to something that was a little bit more usable from yeah. uh, our website put them out on social media, all of our clients, um, who we did a project for, we'd send them a coloring sheet of their project. Um, and then that kind of tapered into when I was a kid, I would make paper houses cause that's, I guess, that's what I did when I was a kid. So yeah, we came up with the, the paper house modular pieces, right? Where you can print out the sheet and fold it in and then build it into something kind of crazy. Yeah. We did. Oh, I don't know if you see, see any of our YouTube stuff, but we we had a Zoom call with nine of us, so it looked like the Brady Bunch. So <laughs> turn that into That's a little awesome. Brady Bunch video. Um, what out, What other quirky things? I don't know. You could be on any of our Zoom calls and just see pure. quirky. Yeah. But you know, we 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 try to have a little bit of fun with it, especially during these times. It's just so weird out there, and um. I think we kind of shifted our message to you know here to help. So yeah, you don't have to pay us, but if you want a a coloring book page of something that we've already done, maybe There you go.
0: Yeah. Ushering the uh, next generation of
1: architects. That's right. (laughs) There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh you know, it's it's funny you mentioned all that. It sounds like an amazing company culture. Um and I know I was I was looking back into one of your uh many, many awards that you've won. Um, I don't think I see any in the shelves back there, but um, you know when no, you no. <laughs> right? you were, uh Let's see, was it um, forty under forty or thirty under thirty for uh, professional remodeler? Uh, forty under forty. Forty under forty, yeah. and the the main call. Co- everybody gets a quote there, and everybody uh, qu- quotes that you read all the time are like, yeah, just like our sales team did great, or like. You know, our market team was awesome. Um, You really honed in on that aspect of company culture. And it's a lot different there, you know, with such a small team. And just listening to you talk about, you know, some of your team members and some of the things they're doing. um, You know, it's been a tough year. And I would love to hear kind of how you approached going into COVID, um, holding together that company culture. Because I think you mentioned the other day you haven't had anyone quit in eight years, which is yeah, you know, blew my mind. So, like, how how are you kind of fostering that and carrying it through? You know, as we you know kind of trudge forward.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, I hope that you didn't just jinx us by saying that in this recording. <laughs> yeah, we, we. I'm I'm always amazed I'm always amazed that people hang in there with us because, um, you know, we're a little bit quirky and we're You're always right, there you trying, go. To, trying to figure it out yeah i mean i think that we've we've always had a strong culture um and i feel weird saying that because i feel like it's when you say that you're cool you know you're not cool um (laughs) so i I like to think that we don't necessarily outwardly do it i think at the core of it um everyone who works for us and everyone at liveco just recognizes um that we're good people and we're all just trying to do something good uh, is kind is of kind of that core. So even like, I don't think, I like to think that they don't really look at Russ and I as bosses, but more agents of LivCo. Like everyone's there working for LivCo, not for me and Russ. And we're right. just trying to guide it and manage it, right? With our expertise and the time that we spend trying to learn. So I think that, that's kind of the core of what I, I think that people take away from us. I think we try and keep it fun when we can. But it's a tough business to keep it fun in um so yeah when when the shutdown happened um yeah i don't know like if we handled it that well to be honest but i don't know how to have handled it well because we honestly didn't know what was going on right so you know we're trying to give people updates but the updates are like we just don't freaking know Mm -hmm. um so I think we were a little bit slow to really figure out, especially with two two owners who are left brain and right brain, you know, kind of talking about things in a different way. It was kind of hard to figure out a really good way to address people other than say, "Hey, let's all get on a Zoom together and just talk about what's going on." And I don't have any answers, but you know, this is what we're we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then um, with the design team, we just set up, you know, a video call every morning, you know, just so that we could at least connect. Uh, we were all set up pretty well already to work remotely, which was helpful. Um, you know, Looking back, production-wise, we didn't lose a step. Like We did really well. We hit all of our deadlines. Um, some of our clients pushed the pause button, but then moved forward later. We kept everything moving. I think uh, business-wise, we moved along really well. I think culture, I hope that um, we kept it just because... Our team kind of recognizes what we're all trying to do and our level of flexibility but i mean we're still not back to normal i'm working from home most of the time my wife's working from home most of the time um some people are in the office some people are in the office and working from home um but we've we've really left it to everybody to do what makes the most sense for them i will tell you the most amazing thing is how much everybody missed the office you know, yeah crazy. like they really really want to be in the office which i think is mm-hmm. pretty cool
0: yeah no that's that's awesome it reminds me of a i'm gonna butcher this but there was a quote i heard one time um uh from a french philosopher i think back in the day but he was talking about like uh if you want to you know explore the ocean then uh don't hire people to build a boat um it was a. Uh, teach them to yearn for the sea, which sounds a lot like what kind of what you and Russ have instilled over there at Litco is, you know, everybody's striving for the company. No one feels like they're working for anyone.
1: Yeah, no, it's exactly right. Cause I think they recognize what we're trying to do is just provide really cool solutions for people that otherwise couldn't really get them. And I think it's very yeah. rewarding. Um, our clientele are just awesome. They're really good people. Um, they respect us, they trust us. Um, you know, we, we you know, try and give them the same, you know, trust and respect and it, it, and it works really well. So it's cool. That's
0: awesome, man. Um, I think that's all the time we have today. I really appreciate you coming on, David. Um, yeah, you know, I cool. like to give you a little plug at the end. You're you accepted my LinkedIn invite like right away when I sent it. <laughs> so um, it sounds like you're willing to you know connect with other home improvement, home remodeling business owners, architects, marketing, sales professionals. So um, where should people go if they want to find you or connect or you know talk to Livco?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I accepted it right away because you wrote in your note we both went to Virginia Tech. And, uh, there you go. All right. Hokies <laughs> for the life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, our web—I mean, our website is www. I don't know if you you still have to say that or not, but livecompanies.com, which is l-i-v-c-o-m-p-a-n-i-e-s.com. Um, we're also—we have a, a pretty good Instagram uh, presence at live_companies uh, and then we're on Facebook, LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me or reach out. I'm David Pollard with Live Companies, and. Uh, Yeah, check out our YouTube, too. We have a cool the company's YouTube channel. All kinds of fun stuff.
0: Awesome. I'm gonna definitely check out the Brady Bunch video right after this. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Dave. Till next time.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.